Three companies, disrupting what you know about marketing and branding. Welcome to M Squared. Welcome back to another episode of M Squared. I'm your host from the Staten Island Media Group, Dan Ryan. Joining me as always is Anthony Rapachulo from PR Cision. What's up? Also Mike Bloomfield, the Techie Geek. What's up? Today joining us, we have a special guest from the Staten Island Media Group and the Staten Island Advance, Pam Silvestri. She's our food editor and also the host of a show called The Dish. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for joining us. And also the new Friday series. Talk about the Friday. What's the, what's the official Fast title? Fast Food Fridays. Fast Food Fridays. I had the privilege of being on. We were hanging out in Taco Bell talking about brands, marketing, events going on. I had Taco Bell today. Yeah, but you weren't on. No, I, I wasn't invited was, to Fast was, Food Fridays. I felt very special. I'd like to go to your episode of Fast Food Friday at White Castle. You can do it. Absolutely. Hey, I love White Castle. You can come along with Bill Sequist, who is a comedian and also a great kills resident who was the lifetime winner of White Castle. This is a lifetime wow. winner of White yep. Castle? Oh, oh, man. Mike is so mad right now. Have you now. ever done Valentine's at White Castle? No. Do you think Nicole would allow that to happen? I've she tried. Let, she lets you bring home meat from Richmond Avenue. Uh, <laughs> those trucks are from excellent. The tr- from the halal guy on They're Richmond excellent. Avenue. They're excellent. Yeah, it's really good. But uh, yeah, I tried to do that, and I also wanted to give her the White Castle scented candles, and she told me that's not that a, would definitely that's not be a, a divorce. Thing. Oh, you I mean, that's a real thing. Oh, that's a real thing. Just go south taste of onions. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to get you that for your office. No, I'm good. I'm good. It's, no. I don't need anything like that. I have to get you a gift, and it will be a White Castle scented candle. Where are we going tomorrow, Pam? Tomorrow, we're going to Novelli's, actually. It's, okay. you know, it's a shade it's fast a nice food. I was going to go to Novelli's or a Liberian food truck that just set up at 76 Canal Street. But I don't know if she's completely ready yet. So I'll give her another week. To Novelli's is one of the best on the island. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Is Canal Street like Manhattan Canal Street or Staten Island? Staten Island and Stapleton. There is a Canal Street, right? No. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Right the library in Stapleton. You are probably, and I could say this even though Dan's here, you are probably one of the most respected people in the advanced family because everyone loves food, right? Everyone loves food, everyone follows you, everyone is interested in what you have to say about all the food and all the restaurants opening up. How do you get that out and get it out so quickly? Because people may not realize, but you write like what, four, five, sometimes six pieces a day? Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, but it depends on the tediousness of the story. Right, but uh, so how do you do that? How do you parlay the, the cuisine of the borough to get it out there to the masses? Especially as it's changing. Right. It's- changing all the time and you're seeing a Chinatown develop on New Dorp Lane and the businesses come and go in there and it's a very interesting thing also with the language issues lately the last year or so that's been interesting but I've relied on a lot of actually real estate people because there are so many people renting spaces that weren't restaurants before so there's major investments going in and empty spaces popping up yeah it's interesting but my realtor friends around the island are very good conduits of information because you can tell what's coming in, what's coming out, the trends. And they have all their meetings in restaurants, right? Let's face it, all the realtors that we know, they're all hanging out, drinking, eating all day, right? Well, those no. are the, that's the lunch crowd during like the I'm in the wrong industry, right? right. No, one's, no one's doing any work. Just, I'm going to get my license. <laughs> You're not a good salesperson. <laughs> wow. But it's interesting because Staten Island is a very difficult borough to navigate with food because it's got niche markets and we're not necessarily the best individually at getting the word out. I think the most famous restaurant on the island is Camarilla. Yeah. On Hyatt Street in St. George. And now they're doing that documentary, is that correct? Or was that a rumor? Yeah. No, he's big. He's a great marketer. and He spends a lot of time, I think, reaching out to people. He's out and about at the green market. 
Which um, restaurant is this? Eno Teca Maria. Next it's to the, the St. George Theater. The Nona's. The oh, that's the grandmother. I've never been there. That's a very small place, yeah, right? But really nice every and like every week is a different Different Nona. Nona. Is it good? I, I went there years ago. It was very good. My Fantastic. wife really enjoyed it. They started branching out, too. It used to just be Italian grandmas. And now they do different nationalities, different backgrounds. You could get Indian grandma at night. You could get a variety of different things. So it's good, though. Never He's been. got a great cookbook. There's all yeah. yeah. Was, we gotta write a cookbook. That's what we got that. Anyway, back I'll to, help you with that. Back to Pam. So before your life at the Advance, you were a restaurateur. So yes. talk about how that life helped transition you into being an expert in your new role. Because you know, back of the house, front of the house, you have more intimate knowledge than somebody who just goes out to eat for a living, right? Like it's not like you're just going out and eating every day. What goes on in the back of the restaurant, the front of the restaurant, what goes into it, what goes out of it? What your previous ownership? I don't think that you can necessarily start writing about food generally unless a lot of different aspects of the business and i i learned my business actually from the ground up i knew i was always going to own a restaurant so i went to college with not really paying attention to uh, exactly what i was going to major None of us in did, don't worry. so my father was very disappointed that i didn't major in like education and i graduated with a degree in architecture and urban planning which was great and helpful architecture that's interesting electrical that? stuff and you heard that planning. here first yeah, but anyway, I had always had an interest in journalism and always worked for my school newspaper, my college newspaper, Brynmar, and at St. Joseph Hill Academy. And then, but interestingly, I started out as a lunch lady, and our first account was at St. Joseph Hill Academy, which is my alma mater. And I learned everything with children. It's that amazing. That makes it exponentially more difficult. <laughs> it's they teach you everything. Those are your best customers and your best educators are children because probably the most honest. Oh yeah, they make faces. <laughs> They have no filter. And, okay. Yeah. Too uh, much butter. That sucks. I'll tell you some of the mistakes that I made early on. One time, like, I I really didn't know what I was doing with, like, gas, electric. That I yeah, you just had the general knowledge. Yeah, yeah, like. True for the best. Fire's so fire. I realized yeah. we had a Pitco fry later, and I could smell gas. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I took suds, like, dish soap. Yeah, that's, that works. To see if there was, like, bubbling. Bubbles, right. And I saw bubbles. And I was like, oh, my do oh my gosh it's almost lunchtime so i called con ed because me brooklyn union gas and they shut everything down and so we had no school lunch that day and they had fire trucks all around the school and well, it's better, better be safe <laughs> i know but it was just awfully embarrassing and just more reason to learn how to do those <laughs> things myself learn how to shut the gas valve off and stuff like that but we're not cook french fries that day but better to learn oh yeah better to learn a little bit of humility than to blow a school <laughs> yeah I, would th- I think that's a good point much better <laughs> that's an excellent point everyone was glad but the i'll parents, you, the kids tell you another crazy story years ago uh when i had my restaurant so i went from uh, we had a cafeteria lunch service at st Joseph Hill academy we got a wonderful review in the staten island advance and then our business grew exponentially and power of media yeah it was but it's that staten island advance really put us on the map because they did an actual full-blown restaurant review some kid wrote into the paper to the paper and then from there, more Catholic learned about us. And then we got a couple of other schools. And then Monsignor Bergen, who was eventually the vicar for education for the Archdiocese of New York, pulled us into several other accounts around the city. So we, at one point, had about 130 employees. And I said wow. to my husband and business who partner. Knew? Who knew? That? I didn't know. I said, I, want, I don't want to be known as a lunch program. And we had a lot of parents asking us to do catering. And, and it was exponentially, use that word, cheaper than using like somebody right. who's a real Salamaria or whatever. Yeah. So then I thought, we're not getting the market price, but if we had a restaurant, it would be a little bit more upscale and it's a little bit more of the food that I really wanted to do. 
Anyway, I liked this coffee shop called Beans and Leaves. At the time, it was called Coffee and Tea Market on Forest okay. Avenue. And I would sit there and read the paper, and I started counting the cars. And I started to realize that how visible this block was with the 420 block on Forest Avenue. And then suddenly, the storefront next door became available. And then the storefront next to it. Snag it. Um, That's where we ended up opening up and, uh, in West Brighton, which was fabulous because I had apartment buildings in the neighborhood and it was a perfect place pedestrian-wise. But anyway, but when I had the American Grill, two things happened that were pretty significant. One is that people were wondering about the state American Grill and they thought we were a diner. Okay. I was like, oh, you know, that was such an unfortunate name. Why did we name it? But things happened for a reason, actually. We had an American flag that a customer of ours and the electrician who helped us Put the restaurant together, Electric Eddie. Eddie the Hat. Electric Eddie. Electric Hat. Electric Everybody's Eddie. got a nickname. Yep, on Staten Island, right? Eddie DeGorder. And Ed stuck an American flag up on the wall with pushpins. And then 9-11 happened. And people started coming into the restaurant, touching the flag, and looking at it as a patriotic a restaurant. It had a lot of meaning. That's, it did. Yeah. And I did it from my heart prior to 9-11, 1999. But anyway, flip forward, lots of experiences with the restaurant, and hiring people and chefs and things like that. And also learning how to cook and, or do dishes when somebody doesn't show up. That's the worst. Got to cook the dishes. Well, you have I've done it. You don't want to do it. You don't want to. Nobody wants to do it. So the craziest things happened over the course of the restaurant. And you learn. One thing is I learned how not to accept deliveries in the restaurant because roaches can get into cardboard and things People like don't that. think about this, though, but you're right. This is so true. I would have, eventually I learned that all of the deliveries had to be unpacked outside. And I learned that because one time... There was a traveler, and it came in, and it was the end of the, a lunch rush, and a very nice customer called me over, and he goes, there's a roach on the wall. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh. Like, what am I going to do, run around the restaurant yeah, and, like, try to chase it down? And so, like, we got, was, an exterminator came in and everything else, but for three days, and it was, that was on a Friday. Right. Up until Monday, I was like, every time some customer would sit at this table, I'd yeah, be you're like, like, what oh, do we do? Make gosh. sure. You're I'd probably like, leaning against running the wall around. Running around. Yeah. So, anyway. But you learn. So from all the experience in the restaurant to now dealing with, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and quote you, but I know I'm going to be inaccurate because you, you wrote an article once or you said to me verbally once, there's like 1,200, is that almost accurate, somewhere in that area of food service locations in the borough? There's about 1,023 current. I was really close. At that last I good. checked. That was pretty good. Food permits that are in Staten Island. Now, you are going out there and profiling all of these restaurants. You go in, you meet these people. What do you notice has changed from, let's say, even as recently as five years ago to today? The way people are marketing their restaurants, the way they're branding their restaurants, even the type of cuisine. Like, I see, I think it's more of an experience now, right? No one's just going to sit down and get dinner. You want dinner on a show. You want dinner on a musician. You want a flaming saxophonist. Oh, no, I no. Just no want, we, we try I that. just it want dinner. Well, <laughs> so what are you seeing in, in the food industry in Staten Island? seeing a lot of experimentation and things that aren't working. You know. What's not working? We'll stop you there. I think that anything that's enormously expensive in the beginning, like putting in massive awning or neon lights, which is very complicated, I think, with the buildings department and things like that. Um, the simpler, the better that right. when you go in and then later on, if it's a success, they have to Build make adjustments. To but I think people start out with big guns and, and right. that just depletes everything. And then it's just a catch up game from there. But I really give a lot of credit to some restaurants that are very, I, I think, to go back to Tecca Marie, I think they're wonderfully creative and things like that. I think opportunities like the Cilio Inn and 
Leedy's Tavern, they're old school, so old school that they miss a lot of opportunities with social media because they're so old school they don't. But you feel you like know. that's a great point to bring up. So do you feel like these, I don't want to call them old school, but these iconic brands, if you will, of, of the borough, because those are big names. Those are the brands. They're the brands because they are unseen. They don't have that. That's kind of part of the charm of going there because you know, you're going to a gem. That's something that's part of the history, part of the, something that everybody on the island can share and they have a story from it. But if they age out, because if they're not on social media, the people who know about them disappear, and they don't know. Like I've never been the. Basilo I was just going to say, I I've know never all been about the. Them. I've, I've never been the Lee's Tavern, right? I've now I know more about Lee's Tavern because of what's it, One by Pizza review, and Wax's review right. on that, and that's given me like, oh, I want to go there. But before before that, I never thought of going there for pizza, even though I know people say they have a great bar party. So unfortunately, you have to pivot and do some social media because otherwise you will age yourself out. I think it depends on the kind of the restaurant, too, when you think about it. So a place like Lee's, they do tremendous volume. Right. They do parties, and it's a neighborhood joint. They sponsor things. They, the neighborhood the changes. They're in the community. <laughs> yeah, but, but he's right. To, you to, know, but to your point, I've never like, gone a there. A place like Basilio that only has the sign off the Verrazano. Right. Yep. You say, oh, I always try, want to try, try that place. Where social content could be really great for them. I think that the South Shore uh, food tours are phenomenal, the ones that you've organized. And, and Anthony, you. to your credit, I want to just give you a compliment. It you, never happens, David. Are we recording? You we are not. You organized uh -oh. one of the best restaurant crawls I've ever experienced, which was the New York restaurant crawl in its first year. That was the first one we did. Thank you. It was phenomenal. And it we was organized, and the street was closed, and people could really get uh, a taste of the neighborhood. I don't think any other food festival in the street has ever compared to that. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. I remember I was standing there yelling, you were laughing, and I was like, yeah, this is what you got to do. We're handing out tickets, and you were like, wait a minute, you're really organizing this? I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was like 6,000 people, right? Me and three First people year. were running around. That's it. We got it. it we're was, good. It was well done. <laughs> we're was, good. We got it. And then I think the trolley, the trolley rides are superb. There's this bus driver, Reggie. Yes. Right, who's we in got it. that next week. And Mike is actually a part of the Business Improvement District. He's on the board, so he's a part of that instrumental part of putting that together oh, as well. Oh, unfortunately, yeah. It's August, what, 16th? August 13th. 13th. Sunday. I'll be away, yes. So I seem to always go away during the trolleys. <laughs> Everybody goes away. But that's so great because it gives more opportunity for people who are in the borough and it's a hot day and there's the trolley. It's an exciting thing. Then you get to see great kills in Annadale and Eltingville, uh, yeah, right? Dan's got to come out. You never came. It's a lot of fun. It's fun. I'm usually gone. Especially oh, when the, summertime. the trolley yeah. makes the sharp... Yeah. angular turns and everybody do a good job know, though yeah. they do a good job it's, it's not, not all of us take the trolley though. shout out to new york trolley company we've been using them for four or five years now they're a great company located in manhattan uh, but they are the only game in town if you're looking for a trolley they do trolley rentals for bachelor parties bachelorette parties weddings it's more than just what we do but they deserve credit because they're really phenomenal at what they do so i think that marketing the restaurant through massive tours like that is very important in street festivals which we don't do enough of on staten island uh, we don't use the beach enough i don't think um that's true and also and to your credit mike you were so nice to me during the covid i have to say that people's generosity on staten island goes a long way getting the name out with sponsoring things at the little league where somebody's just staring at the sign for an entire couple of months with their kid playing but you were so kind to me you, you taught me some stuff about audio i was doing facebook lives from my kitchen table and you reached out and told oh. me what to do i, I thought that was great nice. help we were all we were all in it together yeah everybody stuck in learning. my basement <laughs> I had so. nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, but I got this nice microphone, and it really helped, and people were very kind. Readers were lovely. They were like, sweetheart, you really shouldn't say that, or you shouldn't act like that, or whatever, not act like that. But they were very nice, and it's 
always nice when you're nice. I think that goes a long way, and that's better than thousands of dollars of marketing, frankly. It's true. Appreciate that. And when you go out and profile these restaurants, we're going to ask you later all of your handles and email addresses, but you don't ask anything in return. You're going out, you're profiling these restaurants, you're sitting with restaurant owners, because I know when I wore that hat, you would come in and you'd sit down, you'd have a meal, and you'd report, you'd give your exact thoughts on it, and I can't disagree with you because within a week of your presence or of your video or whatever content we work together to create, we did see an increase in business. Oh, I hope so. Without a doubt. Every time we had something going on with you guys, we always saw Friday, Saturday reservations increasing exponentially just because of that thing on Monday or that piece on Tuesday. But that's that's a big part of why businesses are now sponsoring content that Pam creates for food reviews, other lives, social lives and things like that. It's because the lift is there, the visibility is there. I and that's, our readership is food and crime, But people like to watch Pam. I was trying to give her oh. a compliment. So it's oh, yeah. towards when and I've seen other lives. Because she's passionate. Right. She goes in and really and cares and really food, wants though. to learn. Yeah, you, know what, you know what you're talking about. You're not just like me sitting there eating taco at Taco I Bell. I thought you know day. food. I do, but not the way she does. I, I think I know. The way that you communicate, you can tell how much you care about the person whose restaurant that is when you're speaking. You know, and I, I think that really resonates too. And I know it, it was even getting on camera could be outside of your comfort zone. And it, 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 you transitioned very well in the pandemic. Well, thank you. I tried because I couldn't get out of my kitchen, frankly, with the two kids home and my husband going to work like at five o'clock in the morning. So it was a right of passage and survival. But anyway, but I just also want to highlight some really wonderful restaurants on the island that do a wonderful job just doing a good job coffee and collectibles and i actually that never is, heard of them i'm gonna be honest it's across but i'll check Joe them out maria crozes place I heard oh that's husband. the new that's, that's the, the new, new place yeah. okay the, in fairness i know what it is I'm sorry. Cake, cookie yeah. jar that family now the the collectible store is still the same collectibles the same antique store they just attached to it correct yes and they have like cookies there and everything too so it's like going to the cookie jar but attached to the antique store yep. so, the cafe is great. We had lunch and breakfast there. Yeah, they know what and, they're doing. And now the, that you said. the one thing I did drive by in August that I think will help them, it looks like they have a parking lot. Mm-hmm. They do. Because that's, I love going on Victory Boulevard. Now all those, you go, Joan Pax is great. You're circling around looking for a spot where now you can actually go and park in their parking lot. Yep. That's true. Parking is a big issue for a lot of people. Especially I mean, on the North Shore. Yeah, I, Anadale is an interesting animal. It's because, the worst. I mean, we just park wherever the hell we want. <laughs> Literally anywhere. I, I park on the sidewalk. I, people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just got to go get my prescription for my mom, or I just got to go get my jewel, or I just got to, I'll be back. Don't worry, relax. Yeah, I think the South Shore is a different animal with parking and people being empathetic to that situation. Yeah, nobody cares. You what happens when we get the trolley? Forget it. I got to stand there and scream and yell. The trolley's coming through. But we have a good time. Who else? But also, Coral Bay Cafe is a destination that I would have liked to have talked on WNYC. I just actually went on there, talked about Staten Island restaurants and talked about positive things about the borough. But Coral Bay Cafe is at the base of Rockaway Street in Tauntonville. And it's got a little beach there. I think it's called Crescent Beach. And I can literally leave the restaurant and go walk on the beach. And You're reminding second, me. This is the second time I've heard about this place today. But I've never heard about it before. It's, it's a great like I can't wait five to go. blocks from my house. We'll yes. go. Because my wife says to me all the time, why don't we go there? Because I always forget. You could literally walk. Like yeah, from, it's right there. It's right there. That's on a, Alex from Rumsey was here today filming their podcast, and he was, telling, he was saying that's one of his favorite yeah. spots. Yeah, it's adorable, and it's really out of the way. And another place, actually, in Tottenville. I think Tottenville is a wonderful place to go in the fall. It's just yeah. so charming. The leaves changing and the smell of burning leaves and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, which people seem to do out there still. 
and so also burn things on the beach or whatever. But it's its own world, Tom. But I really enjoy the town of Tottenville. I enjoy Danny's Bistro, which is another little hideaway, which yeah, is we right were talking on the Amboy about Road. That. I gotta go. Yeah, it's, it's literally around the block. I've never heard of that. One. It's across, literally across the street from what's his name. The Lucas. The Lucas. Right. right there. Okay. That whole strip is such a nice little restaurant yeah. strip with Reggiano's and Yep. It's very nice. But anyway, I also want to call attention to Lacey's Bridge Tavern, which is in Elm Park. Lacey's has a nice brunch and again, out of the way, but if you really want to do something interesting and like right after brunch or walk around, you can walk right over the Bayonne Bridge and then come back. That's interesting. Oh that walk over the Bayonne Bridge? Let's go. You know, you can get in your Tesla. Going from walking <laughs> in into brunch like so are there any brunch spots on Staten Island that do a brunch buffet other oh. than the Old Bermuda Ring? I know they do it, and they do it wonderful, but is there any restaurants that do a brunch buffet? There is the Hilton Garden Inn does a fabulous job, Lorenzo's. Oh, I even know Absolutely they do one. Absolutely excellent, yeah. It's, very, it's pretty expansive. I think that's the most expansive one. Yeah, they got a lot of room. They got, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. Can, they have a nice setup over there. They do. The, you mentioned the, the historical Old Bermuda Inn, which yeah. is charming. We go over there a lot. Theirs is very nice. Because when I used to, in California, they used to have, when I used to be over there, there's so many beautiful spots where they just do brunch buffets. Right. What are you Clearly, for? I like buffets. Like all you can eat? <laughs> yeah, if I want a buffet. So, no, I like being able to go and get an omelet. It's, it's like the old Bermuda Ring. I like Multiple being able things. to go up, being able to have an omelet, get breakfast, sit down, wait five minutes and go up and now have a chicken palm. But doesn't the Stonehouse do brunch? <laughs> they do brunch. They like have some buffet. of it. Do they? It's partial. Mostly it's the sit down and it's, you know, I know he has one. I don't know if it's, I might have been, it might have been Mother's Day. We were there. So maybe that's why they did it. Yeah, they might. Well, I mean, I just, there are two, a couple of restaurants that I think are sort of fit the bill with brunch, but where you can just eat and eat. It's China new China buffet, which is in the Boulevard. Isn't that one the of the new ones? Oh yeah, it's excellent. Oh, yes, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, yeah, like um, an easy pass for that place. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was Mike, a seat. Have sit down. He walks in, Mike. Uh, I was doing a live broadcast from there one day, and it, I didn't realize what I was in for because I got there at like ten o'clock. The place opened at eleven o'clock. Mike was there ten forty-five. <laughs> and uh, there were people that had taken accessor ride there, and they were oh, <laughs> already there at ten o'clock. I'm like, okay. And Don't then, cut me. As soon as the place really opened, like from the time that I started the broadcast to the time that I ended, the restaurant was empty, it, packed. Wow. And it had mostly Chinese people in it. And so, and they were really going at the buffet. And but anyway, so I actually started laughing in the middle of the broadcast because people had a cord to the camera and people were walking in between the cord to get to they the had buffet. To get, they had to get I had to get out of there. Yeah, they don't care. They had to get there. The, I, the first time I went there, I met a couple of people for lunch. And I was surprised how busy it was. It was packed. And I've been there a few times since. And every time I've been, it's busy. And I don't eat lunch. You don't I eat lunch? I don't eat lunch. And, and a little 20 years. They have everything. They hibachi. They make you hibachi. And it's really good. They have a You've lot of seafood. you said good things about it. It's, it's very good. Now, the trick is you go, like, uh, the, inside, between yeah. where the lunch and dinner oh, switches over. You're a pro. You, you pay the lunch price. You sit down. They have the lunch. And then they swap the food over for dinner. And then you get to go again. Now, you're talking, Mike. you know that. Mike knows how to order fast food from multiple different places and all have it arrive at his house. He's good. Time. Yeah. <laughs> My grandmother used to do that. And uh, she would know every angle of an early bird special. But um, <laughs> I actually um, asked the owner, because I remember with my grandmother, there would be time limits. Like yeah, it makes sense. Two hours. Right. And I asked her that. I asked the owner at China New Buffet on the air. I was like, is there a time limit? And she was like, oh, God, I don't want yeah. to address that. Because <laughs> think about it. You don't want people to know that they can stay like, for two hours. You feel like people will just do the right thing. And sometimes they just. I think they do. They I think don't. Mike walks Sometimes in. they just don't. <laughs> He's walking out with bags full of food. But K-Pot. 
is a remarkable value. Hey Pot over in the, oh. right across from Shoprite in Graniteville, and then so I experienced this for the first time fairly recently. It, it was so popular, like I literally couldn't get in there sometimes. Wow. And um, good for them. Yeah, I'm very happy for them. They could be busier actually. I, I thought they would have lines out the door like okay. every single day, but Some they're of the primarily best drink weekends. specials in Staten Island. Yeah, excellent. All right, so educate me. What is it? Tell me what it is. Where is it? So you go to K Pot. It's this Korean pot type of situation, but it's like depending on the time of day, your age, whatever, you pay a different price, but generally, really? yeah. Based on your weight. I was getting that. No, but that's interesting. But you sit down at a table, there's, they turn a burner on, which is an induction burner. Okay. But you order a bunch of stuff, yeah. You beef cook it, and like, things you like that. You cook it or they cook it in front of you? You cook it. Oh, why are we not doing this? It's, it's like the melting pot. Yeah, oh. I'm telling you too, the drinks, never the, done. the cocktails are cheap. I gotta go. Yeah, it's very yeah. affordable. And then there's another place that opened. It's the first Chinese hot pot on Staten Island. Okay. It's called Shu, S-I-U. And okay. it's in the old, I'm really dating myself, but there was the New Dorp post office on New Dorp Lane by yeah. on Klotzen. So that concept is similar to K-Pot, except that I really have not fully experienced this restaurant. I have to go back a couple of times because they have tons of stuff on the menu and two different broths and, and then... It's apparently very regional. Okay. So it's authentic. It's very yeah. authentic. They have sliced duck intestine and stuff like that. Tons yeah. of new places open up on New York. Like we're standing out there watching Finn yeah. and his karate class constantly. But, uh, is that uh, the spicy noodle place that has the crawfish? You might be thinking of the crab place. That's no, the there's, a, there's another one that opened a little bit down closer to that chicken and burger spot. Oh, okay. I have not been in that one yet. Okay. But there's the Precious Island Dim Sum tea shop. That's, they have the carts, the authentic dim sum. That's the first real full-blown dim sum restaurant, aside from East Pacific, which only has that dim sum program on the weekend. People come from all over for the dim sum from East Pacific. Which one is East Pacific? I like the one in the mall? The one in the dim mall. Sum. I haven't been there in forever. Dim sum. East Pacific used to be excellent. I haven't been there in forever. It I've is. Been there in years. It's very there, good. Aren't they related to the one on yeah, Boy East Road? Yeah, East Szechuan. Empire Szechuan. Empire Szechuan. So Helen, her sister, owns the Empire Szechuan on Forest Avenue, which, to their credit, they really broke up on a new pathway. They have Mexican food as well. Believe well, so it or that's not. Really? Fresh tortilla. One of my favorite spots on New York Lane is Fresh Tortilla, wow. which is a Tex-Mex spot, but Asian, it, Asian people are... When you look at the menu, Lane. it looks like a Chinese menu, and they yell at you when you don't order by the number, like L3, <laughs> D5. Like they, it's, 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 it's tacos are like crack. They're delicious. Mm. Yeah, they're very good. It's an excellent taco place. It, one of my favorite spots over there is the, the Vietnamese... Restaurant. Faux Ra- Rainbow? Rainbow, yeah. It's excellent. Faux Rainbow. I like Faux Mac. I think that's one of my, I think that's my favorite Vietnamese place. And if I had Vietnamese. So Let's where go. do you see, because we're talking about culture. So what do you see, we've had conversations offline. What do you see as the newest cultural revolution in food on the island, in the borough? Like where do you, what new cultures are stepping in? I, th- yeah, I think you're seeing two enormous influences in Middle Eastern Middle cuisine Eastern, okay. and Chinese cuisine. Really? Okay. Bubble teas, things like yeah. that. Quick snacks, beverages, salty snacks, things like that. But to address the Middle Eastern community, especially in Dongan Hills, where there's... I didn't realize how many Middle Eastern-owned businesses were there until Eid. Okay. New Year. And it was... There were so many businesses that were closed that day. I was like, wow. And But interestingly, so all along Highland Boulevard from Dongan Hills, Grant City, so you've got Ayat, which is a Palestinian restaurant. You've got Yemen Cafe, obviously Yemeni which is really nice, actually. And they have a beautiful roast lamb dish, which is excellent, nice and falling off the bone. Okay. Excellent. And so and that and falafel and, and things like that. Also, Zara, which is a restaurant that 
originally started in Dongan Hills, right across from the Colonnade Diner. Yeah, it's always packed. where the old A and W was, right? Yeah, correct. Old A and W's. Yep, it's yeah. always packed. I door dash from there a lot. It's good. It's very good, and they're they new place. This way? Yeah, door dash will pretty much get you anything. Yeah, by the time you get it from there, no. it's fine. Yeah. But, the, right. but the one that was in the former Perkins on Forest Avenue is like okay. unbelievable. They make they have a, a like a wood burning oven, and you can see the bread being cooked, and and they have this whole shtick where it's, you want to just make up that it's your birthday, or you just want to order this massive meat platter. Is like a big I always want thing. the massive meat platter and under all circumstances, whether it's my birthday or not. I'll always take it. I love it too. Do we have any Rodizio on Staten anymore? Is it all not anymore. I think it left with Chef Mike. Well, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I think Chef Mike. You would tell you know. I'll Chef make Mike. some sirloin caps for you. <laughs> I want it all though. Uh, you can't just make. I just want you to keep coming out with skewers. <laughs> sure. Just shave it. And when you say wood burning stove and Forest Avenue. I'm like I go back to my childhood. You should do like fast food Fridays that's no longer here. Mm-hmm. Like I miss the Roy Rogers, but the one great idea. But what I, you know, what I missed that was on far. I think it was on Fars by Perkins. Do you remember Kenny Rogers Chicken? I was. I knew you were gonna say that. Like <laughs> I just remember like walking in and all the chickens just spinning. In that this. Was, was that like your happy place? You like Seinfeld? It was <laughs> yeah. great. Oh my God. That was a great fast food restaurant. The one that roller was, roaster. The one that was by me in. On Dung- in Dongan Hills when I was growing up. It was so busy. They were overwhelmed, like, all That's the good. time. It wasn't good because you'd go in there and you wait for like an hour to uh, get... Good problem get, to have, though. But that was overwhelming. I felt sorry for them at one point. People were yelling at them. And, Staten Island. You know? yeah. so, <laughs> do you remember when, remember when the Popeye chicken sandwich came out and there was lines for hours and then there was the video on the Staten Island Mall oh, yeah. of the worker who, like, jumped over the counter to fight the customer? Oh, gosh. <laughs> My favorite Staten Island food incident. I mean, I know this is horrible. It's not funny, but it is funny. And it's going to be good. Get ready. Completely scrubbed from online was an incident in a supermarket where the, the person didn't wear a mask during COVID. And people were screaming at them. And there was like people had pitchforks. And they were coming at this woman. And oh, gosh. And even somebody in a wheelchair was like going at them. It was Equal intense. opportunity haters out here. Strange time. It was a strange time. I mean, time. a lot we're of things happened. We're a good town. We're a good town. We just <laughs> a lot of things happened during that time. If you don't go my way, you're like nothing good What's happens your... in a supermarket. That's why you're using Instacart. Where's the best shawarma on the island? Shawarma. That's a good question. I used to live uh, on McDougal Street in the village, over okay. near where yeah. you went to school. Yeah. So I've been spoiled. I personally like Lebanese eatery in Port Richmond. Okay. It's right next to Basil Cucina, Cucina Basil, sorry. And it's also right near the Burger King over there on Willowbrook Avenue there. Road, sorry. And the guy there it does a great job. It's very fresh. And he has the whole family making food. Right? Has a nice feel. Yeah. Authentic. And it's got three ghost kitchens, I think, running out of there. That's cool. That's, but, that's new. So you mentioned Burger King. What's happening on Staten Island? Is Burger King retreating? They are time to move on for the ownership and <laughs> McDonald's one. I don't know if McDonald's one. I think Wendy's one. I, I think with fast food, I think Popeyes is probably pretty fierce on Staten Island. We just got one Pop- a couple yeah. months ago. Taco Bell, and I hate to say this, but there are so many of these places right. that they're gonna they're well, competing against themselves. Remember, we had Taco Bell disappear off the island. Yep. I was going to Jersey, yeah, like to Route, Route Nine. Yeah, yeah. you was going to Route Nine, and then now it's back. Thank God. Taco Bell is uh, where Empire State Bank is now, right? Where Empire? Where? On uh, Highland. Yes. But I have to say that it's really no disrespect to the hardworking people of Taco Bell, and they do a fine job, but our Mexican food is pretty amazing, and we've yeah. had a Mexican population here for about 
three decades at least. So the, the community is very established, especially with restaurants on Port Richmond Avenue and, and so on and so forth. And what got the attention of The New Yorker actually was a restaurant that we had podcast about. It was, there's a whole bunch of delis and such, list of portrios and a lot of restaurants that have the deli in the front and the right. restaurant in the back. One, one really great place, actually, it's on Castleton Avenue in West Brighton. It's called Oaxaca Deli. And uh-huh. yeah, it's not really a deli. It's both a pizzeria, believe it or not, with Mexican pizza. And See, but isn't that confusing with the marketing? A guy like me, I'm never walking in there to get anything. Oaxaca Deli. They don't want what are they doing? <laughs> Serving pizza. No, they probably don't. They're probably right. They probably don't want me. But, but Anyway, it's, it's like Staten Island has a great Mexican food backbone. So it's like Taco Bell. It's I know. There's I know. still a place for fast food. But, yeah, I just went to the one you showcased, Alfonso's. I love the cantina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are, fantastic. He does a wonderful job. Uh, so Alfonso's is new. It's in the La Riviera shopping complex where there's Intox over yep. there. and. I'm a Sophia's fan. I like Sophia's. I don't know. So yes, Sophia's I love Sophia's. But let's talk about trends just with restaurant owners. So yeah. when people who are multiple unit operators, like Peter Botros. Right. And um, we had Carmine Gualtieri uh, here Carmine. the other day. And so Carmine's is like a trendsetter because he's got several restaurants. Right. And the German place, which Cypress Hall, I'm not sure the connection with German food and Cypress. So it's people send compliments all the time to the advance about the food there. And he's got Richmond Republic in Eltingville. Mm-hmm. Has a vibrant yep. bar scene. They have yeah. a good brunch. A brunch, right? I didn't really say a brunch. Between him and Peter, they own most of the restaurants. <laughs> yeah, and Julian. Julian has yes. Lou and yes. Beso and Bayou. Uh, and Beso is probably one of my favorite restaurants yeah. in town. And one of the nicest humans, though. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's fantastic. One of the nicest humans. He is. So, like so, he's so, great. So Beso is at 70 Bay Street. They've moved. And then the Blue is beautiful right yeah, on the water. Nice. Very nice. And Peter really is very dynamic he's got such exciting ideas and puts them in motion i do worry about him frankly he's like all over the place gotta tell you the omakase so, have you ever done his omakase at the chef's loft it is the best thing i've ever done in my life so when, when did you tell the viewers about that no it was at violence and okay. it was phenomenal you sit in the wine room it was me my wife my brother-in-law and oh. my sister we did a four people for for christmas you sit and the omakase thing is where you just trust the chef. I don't know if that's what it means. Is that what it means? That's trust the, in the chef? I put, like that? I put you in my hands, basically. Chef's choice. Thank you, voice from beyond. This is cool. Uh, but so in any event, you pick either six, nine, or 12 courses, and they just bring out stuff, and you don't know what it's going to be. And we had wine with every piece, with every course. The sommelier comes out and explains it, and Peter comes out and talks. It was probably the best dining experience I've had including the week after when we went to a Michelin star restaurant in Manhattan called La Part. My wife and I for our anniversary, we both were in the restaurant saying, I'm going to text Pete right now and tell him that I think his was better. That's how much we enjoyed it. It was phenomenal. So if anybody looking to do something like that, it's a totally different experience. I recommend you look it up. That's, uh, that was at Violet Cellar we did. Nice. Phenomenal. So um, Peter took over the space that is now, that was a Hillside Market. That's where he's moving a rustic pizzeria. Yes. And in the old rustic, he's going to be running a bunch of ghost kitchens out of there. So that's going to be like primarily a hub for to go. Makes sense. Delivery. As an yeah. owner operator, though, and you've been there, he's got to streamline what he's doing. You just push it there and yeah. get that done. It makes a lot of sense. As long as there's a labor pool. Yeah, exactly. But I think the Nacotras do a fabulous job with their concepts because they follow them through very intently from the beginning into their, when they're in motion. The latest one is Pienza, which is right at the base of the down, advanced building, right? right? The Commons 3. It's beautiful. There's art, the interactive art. You can see those reclining Liberty, and they have a beer and wine. I like wine. the elephant outside. What is she doing? Right? That, that's part of the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so I, I like think the elephant. 
She's leaving. <laughs> what do you mean? That's what she has. She has like the little. Oh, sash. I thought you meant they were taking her away. Oh. No. But it's become like she's a hobo. <laughs> <laughs> it's become, vagabond. And they have da- doggy dining. It's like one of the only places that has doggy. That's dining. cool. Well, Lorenzo's their yeah. dog, right? Yeah. That to their dog makes sense. Yeah. So well, you know, they're all thoughtful that. in what they put in with yeah. everything. But the other thing is like interesting places like Layla, um, like Richmond Valley. You know, it's, you can't. I haven't been. I've heard that's amazing, amazing things. Wood fired food, man. That's awesome. And I I love like that type of food. I can't. There's the new one coming by us in the South Shore. Big Riva. That's yes. a Mediterranean. Smash Mediterranean. Yeah. yeah. Mediterranean. And the old Smash Burger location. Yep. And um, also, again, to talk about what Carmine has done, um, he established Fava, which is Mediterranean style food yep. next to a pizza parlor on the north side, uh, right on Jewett Avenue. Nice. But also 286 South. I don't know if you've been there. Richmond yeah, Valley nice. also. They do a great job. Al Chef was there. Chef Half Alex. My staff was there. They're fantastic. They're great. Yeah. Shout out so. to them. They're doing a good job. You've been there. Yeah. You actually it's, told it's me. Excellent. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. All the, the, the what's, well, I can't think of the chef's name. Alex. Alex yeah. McGlory. Yeah. The, we went there. The food was phenomenal. Very good. It really shows you. You don't have to leave the borough to get great cuisine have good food. We have... You, you stay on the borough, right? What was the uh, Stown Burrows? Stay yeah. in the borough. What was it? Stay in the borough. Mm-hmm. So maybe Pam could settle no, a conversation for some of our best. friends. It's definitely. So we've been going back and forth. Some of our friends don't believe. I didn't believe Mike at first when he brought it up, but he had a, our family out for dinner one night. Uh-oh. One of the best steaks on Staten Island. Oh, here we go. Millie's the Meatballs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They do a fabulous job. It's excellent. Everybody yeah. knows. It's, I think it's great. I told them all the time I believed them. No, you, you got to go think... taste it. I look. I love the Peter Luger's steak. I enjoy going to Peter Luger's, but I don't have to go over the bridge anymore. Make reservations, sit in traffic. The best I, steak you, you know, had was in my backyard two weeks. Oh, ago. it was excellent. Wait. However, I didn't really get a piece. If we're going to talk about that, that'll be Mike's rant, where you guys all took the pieces of steak, gave me the piece with fat, and then said, "Oh yeah, but there's nothing left." We were trying to keep an eye out for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But no, the Millie's meatballs. We we go there, my wife and I, probably once a week. Wow. For a couple of months now, and it might we might be wrong. It's course though. That's the problem. The one thing I do at restaurants is I like a restaurant, and then we just go, and then eventually my wife looks and goes. He was our best customer. Stop. He lived down the block from Gio's. He was our best customer. Really? I would just tell the person anytime I call, just send him whatever you want. Walk it to him, deliver it to him, <laughs> give him a bottle of wine. He's paying the electric bill, so just keep sending. It. Just give him well, whatever the, he wants. The food was excellent there. Thank you. And especially during COVID, like when I, that you guys would deliver right down the block. And then yeah, you guys, sense. when they first were allowed to do delivery for uh, alcohol, like the peak sangria would come. All over that. Yeah. We were all right on top of that. Now they've made that official, right? That's now go, you could, the restaurants could still send cocktails, right? With food. The last I checked. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think they made that permanent change. But I don't know who, who's going to do that. I don't know. Uh, I do. You well, do, really? Yeah, we do. It, it, we, so I have to you know, support Seppi's. They had those cocktails there. They did in COVID. It was awesome. Yeah. And Massimo at Cinem. Yeah. In Stapleton. The reason we do it is I have a six and a three-year-old. Oh, so okay. we can't always go out. Now, thankfully, my younger daughter is now starting to get in the, where we're able to take her out to restaurants in the past, only in the past couple of months. But prior to that, my wife and I wanted to eat. We wanted to go drink. What better way than to be able to order and take out? So I, I think, yes, not in terms of the COVID reason now. But for parents who you can't get get out with kids, and sometimes you want to go to a restaurant, you don't want to feel bad when you bring your kid and the kid's crying and people are having a date. It gives you the ability to enjoy that restaurant. That's an excellent selling point. Yeah. So um, I just want to also mention with steaks, uh, 44 Richmond Terrace, that's Ready and Bean. That's in there you George. Go. Uh, that's another, but he ages the steaks and uh, does nice. a nice job with the oysters. So. Before we come to an end or start wrapping up, I have a question that's like a loaded question. So 
I want you to answer it here, live. Well, not live, but I want it live. Who's doing a really good job of marketing, in your opinion, okay. and branding their restaurants? And then you don't have to name them by name, but who do you think, or maybe it's better to say, what area of the borough, because that's safer, right, can do a little better on their marketing and branding? Because there are over a thousand food locations. You just named at least 50 on this episode alone. Between all of us, we probably named 100 restaurants on Staten Island. And some people listening and watching have heard of them. Some people haven't. Who do you think is doing a great job? And who I don't know. You can you know. put a section of the bar. Well, I don't want her to say who's really bad. Johnny. I don't want her to do that. I want, I'm just, so who's doing a really good job? Let's do that. Who's doing right. a really good job so of marketing? I think that the restaurants that are aligned with other restaurants do a fabulous job. And the South Shore did, I think, does a wonderful job. I really think that is. Thank you. But, you that's because, but that's because we have good, we organize a restaurant crawl, but it's mm -hmm. only because we have such great restaurants there to promote. It's called, we by default to do a good job because the guys and gals that own those places are so well known. If we didn't have good quality restaurants, it would be a little more difficult to organize. Because you're able to go on the crawl and get right. Richmond Republic or right across the street to Sophia's. Right. And we have great restaurants. But yeah. So we've talked North Shore, we've talked South Shore. Oh. Mid-Island, you were There's, talking There is no Mid-Island, it's North and South. I think the, oh, Noodle Blaine. There's strength in numbers, and on the North Shore, you've got the Forest Avenue bid, mm -hmm. then they do the restaurant crawls. They could do better, but I think the, the borough president's office has a, an enormous opportunity, a lot of missed opportunities, frankly, with getting the restaurants together and getting them together by neighborhood. But When he first came in, he did the, I forgot the name of the campaign, but we, I think you were even at the, the press conference. It was at, I forgot where it was, but it was basically, we missed New Year's Eve, so it was like New Year's Eve do-over. Mm -hmm. yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. What was that? And right. that was, he was only in, in office a couple of weeks, months, not even, and, and yep. did something, and he tried, and mm -hmm. I don't know if it worked or not, but at least at least he showed an effort. So. Yes, but I think that the effort is going to come from people who own restaurants, yeah. and they have to be a little more active in community board meetings, and the bids, very important. And if they're not, you know, it's, again, missed opportunities, because there's only strength in numbers in a borough like ours, which is pretty spread out, and... It's, it's either concentrated or it's not. It's like either going to Annadale, you get off the train station, there's a bunch of restaurant right. options there, or, or there's not. That was the, like, when I lived in Arizona in Scottsdale, they had a huge food and wine festival that would go, I know it was definitely a weekend, but I think it might have even been like longer than a weekend. And it was great because there was so many restaurants, they had bartenders, very similar to what you do at the Mount, but you do like a, a small level because how amazing would it be if you got these restaurants all from Island and you make it a Staten Island like food and wine festival and it'd be amazing. It's a, I grew oh. up working the Taste of Chicago, which is the biggest, it was the biggest food yeah. fest in the country before the last mayor destroyed it. But different topic. But honestly, they would take three miles down Michigan Avenue and mm -hmm. block it off with every what restaurant. Was that, the Golden Mile, miles? that street they call it? What's that street? That's the Gold Coast. That's farther. Oh, okay. We do have a great opportunity to do that at the Ferry Hawks, Richmond. See me. It's the Staten Island University Hospital Community Bank. No, Community Ballpark. Yep, there you go. No bank in there anymore. Well, anyway, but Eric Shuffler has done a really great job at pushing to get stuff going on there. And they've got Flower and Oak with pizza in their local restaurant representation. They've got Kettle Black. Yeah. And then there's a... Not he has good concessions, but you can't do a festival there because he won't allow any food yeah, vendors on the field. There will be a beer festival. I believe it's November 4th. You won't, be able, be, to go you won't the, be able to go on the field. You won't be able to go on the field, probably. But <laughs> you, for one day, you can have craft brewers come from right. all over nice. and nice representation, preferably from the brewer right. themselves. But he has the potential, but you yeah. can't go on the field. You don't need, you need the field. The, you need, need the field. field. No, not for a beer. I was told dig no. a food festival. To do a food truck festival down there, we need mm. the field. To oh, do 100%. something like that, we need the field. They've done that. They've done food truck festivals. Not on the field. 
Yeah, that, that they, was the old field. Yeah, it was the old right. field. It was before they turfed it. It was the old guys. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna be doing big things. Aren't they? they, you know, you broke the world record there, right? We did. The entire community oh, came yes. together to, to break that world record. So shout out to the Ferry Hawks doing big things down there. Actually, we're honoring Kathy Del Piore and the Grace Foundation tonight at Angelina's for their, true. They're getting the nonprofit of the year award for that record. And also 423. And also DMC. We have to shout out David Michael Carr. He's going to be getting an award this award. evening as well, oh. so congratulations to him. He's been excellent. He's the first Phenomenal. politician that responds to any question that I ask. Boom, right there. So kudos to his And his bar. office is great, too. They are. They are. So how can restaurants reach out to you? What is appealing to you as a journalist? What's going to make you open your inbox, right? Because everyone wants to be profiled. Everyone wants the article written. We had this conversation with Tracy before. So on your end of the spectrum... What do you got to send? What's going to penetrate the inbox? What's going to get you to open it and actually respond to the restaurant owner out there that wants to be featured, well, has good content? One, you're only one person. That's an excellent question. I think that it's important to send an email. at Silvestri at siadvance.com. It's S-I-L-V-E-S-T-R-I at siadvance.com. All you have to do is say, hello, Pam, in the, in the memo, and I will get it. That's it. Hello, Hello Pam. Pam. That was it. That's it. So every there is free food for you at and the address. Every restaurant that's listening right now, just write Hello Pam, and that's it. You're in. That's it. <laughs> that's all you got to say. Just be nice. It's all good. Any parting words? Well, words I, of wisdom to businesses out there? Just focus on service and consistency, and it'll all be okay. And be good to the customer, and try to answer on the first ring, and clean up storefront, and wash your windows, and never go into a restaurant as a customer if the windows are dirty, because if the windows are dirty on the outside, you can imagine what's going on the inside. I like that. And logic. keep out the travelers. <laughs> yes, keep out the travelers. No travelers. No travelers allowed. Great advice. <laughs> Pam, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you coming thank in. You. Thank you for having uh, me. Love seeing what you're doing with the dish and, and your new series here with the Fast Food Fridays to get people to tune in. Come back. Come back. I think there's probably another three, four episodes of food well, that yeah. we could easily Tons knock out. I'm going to say right here, I am willing to take this show on the road if we're going to get food. If Pam's going to be If we're going to be in a yeah. restaurant, I am willing to seg up on the road. You can certainly help me eat that food. Heard it here. That heard it here good. first. You heard it here. So anyhow, let's get this wrapped up. It's always good seeing you, and I'm glad you were able to come in and join us. Thank you. So thank you. Three companies disrupting what you know about marketing and branding. Welcome to M Squared.